Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Sunday, May 19th, 2019. This is episode 137. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Eric Brad. This week's podcast is a little bit different. It's not about teaching my dog, or something I want to teach my dog, or even how to teach my dog. This week's podcast is about something that my dogs have taught me. Science has been researching canine physiology and cognition for over a hundred years. There have been many interesting discoveries about the intellectual and emotional capabilities of dogs. I still find it remarkable that there was a time when the general consensus was that dogs didn't feel pain. But today, we know that dogs can feel emotions like fear, joy, envy, and more. From the perspective of neurology and brain science, the differences in the dog and human brain are pretty extensive. Although our brains do share some common structures, the proportions and functions of those areas of the brain can be very different. Most often, we see these differences as limitations in our dog's ability to think and feel. But in at least one important way, I've found that the limitations of my dog's brain can actually produce something wonderful for my relationship with them. And it's something that I can learn from. This is my essay, Lessons from Our Dogs, Forgiveness. It was a cold day in February some years ago. It had been raining lightly all day, and the school field was wet and muddy. But that didn't seem to matter to my dogs. They were happily running, chasing, and splashing around with balls in their mouths. They were having a grand old time in the mud. My wife was contentedly throwing the ball for our older dog, Vince, who was being chased by our younger dog, Tira. Tira was clearly not interested in me throwing the ball for her. She much preferred chasing Vince. I stood there with soggy feet, hands in pockets, and getting colder by the minute. I slowly simmered with my frustration. Tira would simply not bring the ball back to me. She would run around my wife and me in wide looping circles. It's something that Belgian shepherds do because they were bred to be herding dogs. But those wide looping runs made something else much more difficult. Leaving that field. She wouldn't come back to me for any reason while she had that ball in her mouth. So there was no way to get close enough to her to attach a leash. And so, cold and wet, I had to devise a way to trick her into coming close enough to grab her and clip a leash on. By the time I managed that, I was pretty angry. We marched back to the van where I flung open her crate and unceremoniously put her in, slamming the door behind her. No treats after that performance. But as we drove home, I reflected on the incident. I felt bad about it. What had failed me out on that field was all of the training I should have done with Tira. Clearly, it was more rewarding for her to run in circles than it was to come back and interact with me. My dog was not being bad or playing keep-away with me. She was just out having fun. 
It wasn't her fault that I was less fun than what she was doing already. I had to wear that bit of truth all by myself. By the time we got home, I was feeling pretty ashamed of myself for my angry outburst. As I opened the back of the van, I kept thinking about all of those I'm sorry things we say and do for our dogs when we know that we've messed up. I opened Tira's crate, and to my amazement, she came bounding out, throwing her front paws on my shoulders and licking my face as if I had been gone for weeks. All I could do was laugh and enjoy the moment. You see, for all my worry about having treated Tira unfairly, she was clearly delighted to see me, and she had brought me an unexpected gift. Forgiveness. Something I never took the time to consider is that dogs don't hang on to things the way that we humans do. In her book, Inside of a Dog, veterinarian and animal behaviorist Alexandra Horowitz talks about the structure of a dog's brain and their cognitive abilities. It turns out that the cerebral cortex in a dog's brain, the part responsible for higher-order thought functions and language, is not sufficiently developed to support human-like conceptual thinking. The same anatomical feature, which makes our dogs incapable of feeling guilt, also allows them to forgive easily because they don't have the cognitive framework of language to help them structure and retrieve memories in any detail. Something that could, at first glance, appear to be an impediment in our dogs actually turns out to be one of their greatest gifts to us. The ability to let go of past wrongs. They forgive us and come back to us again and again, despite our human failings. So, it wasn't that my dog Tira didn't remember what had happened. She just didn't hold on to it the way a human might, the way I might. She simply moved on. Dogs do have excellent memories. Anyone who's ever taken their dog regularly to a favorite park or activity knows this. They begin to squeak and whine and pace with excitement as you get closer to that fun destination. But dogs work in large, general trends, and they recall most prominently those things which tend to happen often. The more clear and prominent the situation or consequence of their actions, the more easily associated and easily learned that particular memory becomes. Doing some reading on how dogs think led me to a couple of very interesting conclusions. First, because dogs don't indulge in complex conceptual thought, they have very little time or inclination to brood over things that have happened. My Tira did not sit in her kennel all the way home from the park thinking about my sudden, rude behavior towards her. She didn't consider the moral implications of either her actions or mine. How wonderful for her to be spared such unpleasant feelings. Perhaps more important is the fact that things that are out of the ordinary and not frequently repeated will likely be disregarded or forgotten. Unless I made a habit of the rough treatment I had toward Tira that day, there was every chance that the incident would be forgiven and forgotten in a very short span of time. The key here is that I don't allow myself to repeat the same unproductive bad behavior the next time the same circumstance comes up. That kind of repetition would create the opportunity for Tira to make an association between her unpleasant experiences and me, 
or the place that it happened. I have to be more disciplined and check my own behavior. Putting all of this a different way, you could say that our dogs are very good at giving us a do-over when these little slip-ups in our behavior happen. Unfortunately, we are all too human and perhaps not enough like our dogs. We tend to hang on to things for much longer than our dogs. We beat ourselves up unnecessarily when things go wrong between us and our dogs. We should forgive ourselves and do better the next time. As I see it, the trick is not to hang on to that anger or disappointment. We may get upset with our dogs over something and remain angry with them long after that moment has passed. That can be very confusing to the dogs because they are very much creatures of the moment. Once we have interrupted or scolded a dog for getting into the garbage can, the dog has likely filed that information away and moved on. It must be very puzzling for them to see us continue to stalk around and scowl at them for the next hour while muttering, Bad dog, over and over again. I think there's a plus side to this live-in-the-moment world that our dogs seem to inhabit. It allows them to be wonderfully forgiving. Past wrongs are quickly forgotten. Relationships are almost instantly restored. In training, it gives us incredible freedom to make the occasional mistake, and our dogs will still want to come back and play that training game with us again. Sometimes, having the big brain in this relationship with our dogs can be more of a burden than a blessing. Sometimes we can get in our own way and hinder our relationships with our dogs by hanging on to emotions that our dogs just don't understand. We might do well to take a page out of our dog's book and just move on. It's better to forgive ourselves and our dogs and just get on with things. I'm thankful for everything my dogs have taught me, but this marvelous capacity for forgiveness stands out as one of the greatest gifts that they have given me. If you enjoy these podcasts, why not drop by our website at caninenation.ca and you'll find dozens more to listen to. While you're at it, perhaps click on the donate button and offer us a dollar or five or whatever you'd like to give to help support the podcast and help us keep the lights on. Or you can support the podcast by spreading the word on social media or leaving us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear feedback from you about the podcast. If you have any comments, stories, or questions, you can email me at talk2 at caninenation.ca. That's talk and the number 2 at caninenation.ca. I look forward to your comments. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page, where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group, the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs, or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life. I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. <laughs>